Hey, this is Mark Heskett from Muncie, Indiana, and you're listening to the Grace Story Podcast. Please enjoy the show. Welcome to Grace Story Podcast. We're here to connect you with education, resources, and community that equip you for the journey of restoration. My name's Nate Davison, and I am your host here at Grace Story Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode uh, entitled Adult Children of Divorce. I hope you clicked on it wondering what that was all about because we have Kent Darcy with us from Adult Children of Divorce Ministries here to talk about the topic. Before we jump into that, though, it is Giving Tuesday. Giving Tuesday comes around every year, and it's an opportunity to uh, share some of what God has blessed you with to help bless others. And Great Story Ministries is a great way, uh, a great ministry to partner with uh, to help provide a safe atmosphere for those that are on their journey of restoration. Now, there's a couple ways that you can give. One is uh, if you're listening on your phone, uh, while you're listening to this episode, head on over to your messages, type in 44321 and text Grace Story, all one word, that's Grace Story, to that number, 44321, and then it'll pop up uh, a safe way for you to give. Uh, that can be monthly or it can be a one-time uh, gift, and that'll go towards uh, Grace Story Ministry, uh, this podcast, and the conference itself. Uh, another thing you can do is head on over to Facebook today on Giving Tuesday. Uh, we're having a matching program from Facebook over there on Grace Stories Facebook page. Uh, and we're looking for, I think they have it at $5,000, but I hope we pass that, uh, raising it for uh, Men's Conference 2023 uh, so we can get men going, uh, Men's Conference going. So head on over to Grace Story on uh, Facebook and you can click on the donation there and get your um, your donation matched dollar for dollar. Kent Darcy is our guest today. He is the founder of Adult Children of Divorce Ministries, and he's committed to breaking the cycle of divorce among adults with divorced parents. Kent is a licensed professional counselor who received his master's in counseling psychology from Moody Theological Seminary. He is an adult with divorced parents himself, a husband of 38 years, father of three adult children, and author of Choose a Better Path, overcoming the impact of your parents' divorce. Since 2004, Kent has written and spoken extensively on the continuing impact of parental divorce on the children after they are grown. Both personal and professional, Kent Darcy has a lot to offer on this particular topic. We're so glad to have him on the the, the, the show today. Uh, so while we go to that conversation, make sure you head on over to Facebook while you're listening. Uh, check out everything on that Facebook page. Go ahead and put in your part for Giving Tuesday and help grow programs just uh, like this one, uh, the Grace Story Podcast. And while you're listening, head on over to Instagram and check out uh, My Grace Story, which is Amber's Instagram, Grace Story Podcast, and of course, the main page, Grace Story Ministries. Lots of pictures popping over there from this previous conference uh, that you won't want to miss out. All right, let's go to our conversation with Kent Darcy right now. Kent, it's good to have you on Grace Story Podcast. I've been telling them a little bit about you in our opener, uh, but maybe start with something about Kent uh, that we may not know, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, great to be here, Nate. Um, basically, I am married, happily married, uh, <laughs> for over 38 years, uh, which is a miracle in itself. Uh, when you look at my background and the background of my wife, uh, is by God's grace that we've actually made it 38 years. We have three adult children, 
Uh, one got married uh, just this summer. Awesome. Uh, so we're excited about that. And um, basically, I'm a full-time therapist. I'm a licensed professional counselor. But I also uh, handle the ministry, adult children of divorce ministries, to uh, minister to those who have divorced parents. Yeah, and, and that, that ministry, that comes out of a passion you have uh, for helping people with, who are adults whose parents divorce. Can you tell me more where that passion comes from? I mean, I'm assuming your parents were divorced. Is that true? Yes. My parents divorced when I was 13. And in a nutshell, uh, basically, I didn't think it was a big deal. Yeah, it was a hassle and holidays were a hassle and all that sort of stuff. But it would be 30 years before the Lord kind of hit me in the head and said, you know what, Uh, if you don't get your act together, you're on the same emotional path as your dad. And at that point, uh, my father, who uh, was an adult child of divorce, from an adult child of divorce, from an adult child of divorce, um, was already, uh, had been divorced twice and was heading towards his third marriage. So that really just scared me because I love my wife and like all of us who have divorced parents, we don't want to divorce ourselves. Sure. Well, and speaking about that, let's dig deeper right there on your story. Um, Because you you say your parents were divorced in your teens. You talk about kind of a legacy of divorce passed down. Like this is just going to be the thing that happens. Um, mm-hmm. It sounds like what what was that connection, or when did you make that connection to your parents' divorce uh, affecting you in that way? Tell us more about that. Sure, I was away at a marriage encounter weekend, uh, marriage retreat. Uh, my wife and I, which by the way, I didn't really think we needed. I thought our marriage was just fine. Sure, yeah. It was my wife's idea. <laughs> You know, uh, obviously the issues were all her, but we got to this conference and uh, the Lord, you know, as I had said, just hit me between the eyes and said, if you don't get your act together, there's a problem. So I'm a researcher by heart. And uh, the Lord led me to a book called The Unexpected Legacy of Divorce, which at the time was kind of radical because the conveying, the prevailing view at the time was that like it is today, it's a bump in the road, not a big deal. The kids recover. Mm. And I had kind of bought into that mantra But the book introduced me, first of all, that my parents' divorce was still impacting me in a variety of ways. I saw myself in the book. And second, that there was millions of me out there and none of us had a clue that our parents' divorce was still impacting us. Well, and you say, I I hear you saying it affected you in certain ways. And, you know, if this is too personal, move me on. But if I'm a listener, I'm like, okay, what what ways might my parents' divorce, because I'm hearing you, and yes, my parents' divorce, uh, not me personally, but, you know, channeling the listener. If my parents did divorce, um, I may not see how it's affecting me. What are those ways that it may manifest itself in someone's life that their parents' divorce is now affecting them? Okay. The first issue, uh, and all the research shows this, is anger. Mm. Uh, We have unresolved anger uh, for a variety of reasons. Uh, You have the loyalty challenge where we're forced to choose between parents, but a big one is just loss. When we have a divorce in our family, even under the best of circumstances, um, there's loss. We lose friends. We might lose a whole half of the family. We might, uh, you know, routine is lost. Friends are lost. It just goes on and on and on and on. So anger is a huge issue. Uh, another issue is fears. We have a variety of fears that we're just not aware are there. Fear of conflict, fear of abandonment, fear of inadequacy or inferiority. Uh, they tend to run under the radar. I like to say that our brains are kind of reprogrammed and the subroutines are flawed. Uh, we have huge issue trusting people we really make people 
we kind of poke them with a stick and we really make people earn our trust. And then we have a huge fear of divorce. So as a result, we just don't get married. Mm. So this, this topic of adult children of a divorce, let's, let's dig deeper and look at the actual adults. Um, cause mm-hmm. I, we've kind of gone in that direction. How prevalent is divorce? I know I, I remember a statistic from a while back, you know, 52% of marriages end in divorce. And I'm not sure how long ago that was, but uh, can you break down those percentages and maybe why this issue is so important uh, and why you choose to address it? Sure. Um, the numbers are all over the place, depending on where you get them from. The, the, the number you hear most often is 50% of all marriages end in divorce. And there's a lot of questioning about that. I think the number, credible numbers are closer to maybe 42%, 40%. Uh, the numbers are dropping, but only because less people are getting married. Hmm. Um, and gray divorce, which maybe we'll probably touch on a little bit later, those numbers are going up big. Gray divorce, when people wait till the kids are grown to divorce, uh, those numbers are, are going off the charts. But uh, basically, if the way it's set up, uh, based on research by Nicholas Wolfinger, if somebody from an intact family marries somebody from a divorced family, the odds of the marriage failing increase 50% wow. uh, as compared to two people from intact families. Now, if two people from divorced homes marry, the odds of the marriage failing as compared to people from intact home is over 200% higher. And a lot of that is simply because we don't have a working model of what a relationship looks like. Uh, we don't know how to deal with conflict. And there's a lot, all the other issues that I mentioned, we kind of bring into the marriage. We don't have a healthy way to deal with it. We don't have the tools. And as a result, the marriage fails or the relationship fails. So I believe the Lord has called me since 2004 uh, to step into that breach, raise the issues that are uh negatively impacting our relationship so we can deal with them in an effective way and allow the Lord to come in and do the healing. Well, and I think that these topics, especially as we go into the holiday season, um, you know, these topics are hard. Family is hard. Getting together with dysfunction uh, is hard. And even more than that, actually talking about it, because it seems almost easier to get in a room with the people that we're in dysfunctional relationships with and just, um, the, the emotionally exhausting existence that that is to put up the facade, pretend everything's normal and move mm. through it. Uh, and you're saying this is something that's uh, huge, but is common across the board with, with a lot of people. It sounds like it's a normal thing for a lot of people. And then just a cycle. Um, and what, are, what are some of the ways that you help them break that cycle? Well, uh, addressing the first thing you said is there's a great quote. Um, uh, Stephanie Stahl in her book um, has a great quote that we were all comfortable with the uncomfortable situation. And I love that quote because it really speaks to uh, the experience of adults with divorced parents. Uh, We are heading into the holidays and the holidays for many are the worst time of the year. Sure. Uh, and and one of the issues, again, is everything I've mentioned is under the radar. We don't realize this stuff is going on. I had gone for 30 years. Yeah, I knew I had some anger issues, but I was blaming my wife. I was blaming, you know, my job, my boss. And in reality, it was tied to my parents' divorce. So we aren't aware that these issues are going on. Um, so we go into the holidays. All these issues will kind of come to bear. And there's anxiety and depression. Just for instance, if my parents are divorced, and say my, my wife's parents are divorced, which they aren't, but say their parents are divorced. You've now got 
all the, you know, how many Christmases do you have <laughs> yeah, to go to? Exactly. How many Thanksgivings do you have to go to? And you've got step families and ex-step families and step siblings and ex-siblings. And there's all this sort of stuff going on. So what we do is like when I do a presentation or I'll speak or do a workshop, the first thing I do is connect the dots because nobody is talking about this. And unfortunately, that includes the church. Mm. I mean, our our audience is predominantly church people, sure. but half of them are personally relating to what we're talking about. They're going, you know what? Yeah, you know what? I, I do have anger issues. Yeah, I do have this caught between mom and dad thing. So when I teach, I deal, I deal with the anger and the triggers and the unforgiveness and basically just kind of bring to mind what's already going on. We just haven't connected the dots. Well, and you talk about, I want to circle back to a phrase that you mentioned before we get too mm-hmm. far away from it, that gray divorce. Because I, I know there's someone that's like, hmm, what, what is gray divorce? What <laughs> That makes no sense to me. Um, but can you define gray divorce? Because you've talked about the, the, the family dynamic and being older. Um, just what is gray divorce? Sure. Uh, gray divorce is basically when the parents decide they're going to wait until the kids are grown to get the divorce. They wait till the last kid leaves for college or they wait till they're married. And then they say, okay, finally we can get divorced. And the, the view is that because the kids are older, it's not a big deal. They're adults now, they can deal with it. Mm-hmm. But in some ways, or you might also hear it called silver divorce or diamond divorce. In fact, you'll see there's a rise in those commercials now of silver singles and all this sort of stuff. A lot of that is feeding this great divorce thing. Um, but one of the misnomers is that it's not a big deal because they're grown. And in reality, in some ways, it's worse. I'm sorry, it's worse. Um, and for just a couple of reasons. One is that the parents, when the kids are young and they divorce, they will tend to hide the issues from the kids. They're not going to dump all the things that they're upset about on the kids. When they're adults and they divorce, they expect the kids to understand because they're older. So as a result, they expect the kids to, ch- to take sides. Of course you understand that your dad has done wrong, or of course you understand that your mom has done wrong. And it causes this divide where the kids are stuck in between the two, even though they're adults. Another key issue when they, with gray divorce is there's nobody to talk to. When the parents wait until they're adults and you tell your coworker, I just found out my parents are getting a divorce. The coworker is going to go, well, they're adults. They can do what they want. You're an adult. What's the big deal? Well, the big deal is suddenly Christmases are changed, Thanksgivings are changed, births are changed. I now have to decide between parents all the time. And another issue is TMI. Uh, when the kids are young, the kids, you know, the adults will not talk about this. But now when the uh, parents are adults, they will treat their children as adults, mm-hmm. as friends. And I don't want to hear that you know, you're unhappy with mom in the bedroom or or you've been unsatisfied all these years. I mean, dad, mom, sure. I, you know, time out here. <laughs> I don't want to hear this stuff. So, and I guess the last thing that, that really upsets me about gray divorce is that when you were married and your parents have been married for say 30 years, 35 years, and you think, and you're having trouble in your own marriage, you think, well, you know, if mom can put up with that or dad can put up with that, we can make it. But when that marriage collapses after 25, 30, 35, 40 years, Mm -hmm. then Satan comes in and says, you know what? If they couldn't make it after all that time, how on earth are we going to make it? 
and it creates kind of chinks in the armor, cracks in the foundation that are very, very difficult to overcome. That's one of the, the Satan's favorite tools is doubt. Uh, just mm-hmm. who do you think you are, you know, or using scripture against you, like, you know, the, uh, you, you're, you're a little prideful thinking that you can actually make it whenever your parents, they were, they went to church and, and they didn't make it. So, uh, yeah, that little chink in the armor. And I hear what you're saying, too, about it's interesting to compare um, and, and maybe think about things will go better in my divorce if I wait till my kids are grown as if there's positives to this for those, the repercussions is going to happen. Um, certainly, you know, there are, are certain situations where it's good to get out of those dangerous situations, but overall it seems strange to think about it in a positive way. And, and, and Ryan, our, our counselor here at Grace Story Ministries, he's talked about the big T's and the little T's of trauma, but more than that, what trauma is to you, the meaning you take away from that trauma, from that divorce that your parents are going through, um, that's the meaning you take away from it. And it is what it is. So having someone say to you, eh, just get over it. You're an adult. Um, it's not exactly healing, yeah. uh, which is prevalent. And, you know, and Nate, I want to say something that uh, I didn't say at the top. That's really important. My ministry, adult children and divorce ministries, the, when I do a presentation or do a pulpit teaching or whatever, one of the first things I will say is I am not bashing parents. Um, I am not, going to teach in a theology of the right or wrong reasons for divorce. You know, my parents were divorced. The word says to honor your father and your mother. Sure. So we are not about that. So as we're talking, it can sound like we're kind of, but most parents are sincere. Mm. You know, the the they honestly believe that waiting until the kids are grown will be better for the kids. There, there's not maliciousness or anything. And my ministry, we're very big on that. We are not bashing divorced people or divorced parents. Unfortunately, usually when I do a workshop or whatever, half of my audience has divorced already and they don't know why. So we're not about bashing. So you know, when we're saying these important issues, it is not in the tone of they did something wrong, they didn't. No, that's not it in most cases at all. They love the kids. And they really want to do what's best. Unfortunately, they've bought into the prevailing views out there that it's not a big deal. It's a bump in the road. And that just is not true. Well, and and why would you want to alienate, uh, even if it's just 40%, as you mentioned, 42 to 50% of your audience, um, and they are also parents, can be engaged in the healing surrounding this, mm-hmm. I would assume. Um, so it, it, very yeah. important to include them. I love that. Uh, I want to concentrate on the holidays just before we get to kind of talking about your, your book here um, and who it addresses. But as a counselor, uh, if I'm listening to this episode and I'm like, okay, well, okay, maybe this has shown me a little bit that there may be an issue surrounding my parents' divorce or even an aunt or uncle, somebody in my family tree who's had a divorce mm-hmm. that I trusted. Yeah. How can I uh, go to a counselor and open this up with, I want to talk about this part of it now, instead of, I've never been to a counselor before. I want to talk about this part instead of getting through just the signing a piece of paper and, you know, let's talk about my childhood. What are some good ways to introduce myself to a counselor with this as the topic? Or is that how counseling works? (laughs) Um, it's kind of funny because when I've done conferences for adults, uh, for with Christian counselors, uh, when they will come up to our booth, one of the first questions I'll ask is, do any of your clients have divorced parents? 
and it's a joke because <laughs> I mean they all have divorced parents. I mean it, it just it's it's always a, a great opener because everybody will burst out laughing. Um, but if you're coming in to see a counselor, probably the first thing I would do is have them go to our website because even most counselors are not aware of the information of how the divorce impacts us. They know that people are dealing with anxiety. They know people are dealing with depression. They know people are dealing with anger, but most counselors even are not familiar with the connection, the linkages to the parent's divorce. It just sounds like it It may be a uh, predictable factor that they factor in. Okay. Like a, like a spreadsheet, they go down to, okay, if you have this, this, and this, then we'll work mm-hmm. on this. Um, yeah. And speaking of resources, so we'll put your, mm-hmm. your website in the show notes for ease of access, but you have a book called, uh, choose a better path, overcoming the impact of your parents' divorce. Now, it, mm-hmm. and, and with that for your, I want to clarify for the audience, is that uh, just about adult children of divorce or does it, touch on kids as well who who is that uh, directed towards okay my ministry is for adults with divorced parents um, there's a lot of resources out there uh, for children who are going through divorce. Uh, you've got uh, Divorce Care for Kids. There's Sandcastles, is a secular version. There's tons and tons of books. If you go to the local library and you know uh, the kids are experiencing a divorce, lots and lots of resources. There is virtually nothing for adults with divorced parents um, because it's not a big deal. It's a bump in the road. We're over it. It's, it's not a huge deal. So as a result, there's very, very few resources for, for adults. So my book is specifically for adults with divorced parents. And looking through some of the chapters included, uh, it's a triggers that kill relationships, living a fear-based life, not even knowing it. Um, uh, Lord, I don't want to forgive is one of those. Is there a, uh, and this may put you on the spot, is there a particular chapter or topic in the book that that you uh, enjoy the most or that speaks to you as uh, Kent the most, uh, something you enjoyed writing out of there that you you just highlight? Um, interesting question. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it, probably the most that touched me was anger mm. um, because I had anger, I was a, when I did the research, I actually went back and noticed that I really wasn't angry before the divorce. I had a great childhood. I loved my dad. Um, you know, it, I had a great relationship with my dad. We had kind of a white picket fence house, you know, uh, household. Everything was great. And when the divorce happened and my dad left, I can trace anger almost back to right then. And another thing I will say is that, and I address in the book, is blame. I blamed my mom for the divorce for years. And it wasn't until later as we grow up and we start to get a perspective on things as adults that I started to realize that there was more to this, you know, this narrative than met the eye. Um, so fear was a big one. Um, forgiveness actually comes later in the book because for me, I believe that in order to forgive, we have to work through the issues first or else we're doing kind of you know postage stamp forgiveness, which really doesn't work. Uh, triggers was also a big issue for me. Um, I, one of the big issues I think for adults with divorced parents in general is triggers, that we are being triggered by things that, don't, are, that we experience with our parents' divorce in the here and now and don't realize that when our wife or our, you know, our girlfriend or whoever says something and we respond, that in reality, we're not responding in the present. We are responding to something that happened in the past. Mm. 
Well, and, and I want to follow that up with, with a two part question. Uh, sure. cause I want to lead more into that. I love hearing how your work and, uh, how it connects to you. And I, I was going to simply ask, you know, what are some success stories out of this book? What are, what are people telling you as they read the book? That's awesome. But I want to preface that with starting with, I want to hear that, but how has this work and the research um, that has gone into it, uh, and the actual writing of this book, how has that translated into your life and your relationship with your wife? It has had, uh, the book really was a culmination of, because uh, I started the book, I'm going to say 2014-ish, started writing it, and I had been doing the ministry for 10 years, and so I'd been immersed in it. But writing the narratives and writing the teachings and dealing with the issues really enabled me to personalize it and allow the Lord to come in and bring healing in areas that I was still struggling with. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, one of the things that this journey has enabled me to do is truly love my parents mm-hmm. because I now see them uh, as flawed human beings like we all are. Uh, that makes choices, that make decisions that I was really holding against them for quite a while until I was able to go through this process, learn really the big picture. Because although I deal with adults with divorced parents, part of the research, because I'm constantly researching and, and reading, staying current on things, is what it's like to go through a divorce, which is the other reason why I don't bash divorced parents. It is the second most trying emotional issue that spouses can experience, the first being the death of a spouse. It's a very, very difficult time. Um, Now, what are they saying about the book? Um, It's been very encouraging, actually. I just spoke with somebody the other day that got the audio version of the book, listened to it twice, um, was spouting to me all sorts of stuff from the book that they connected with, with triggers and with anger. Um, But one of the surprises with the book, when I wrote the book, I was concerned that divorced parents wouldn't get it, Mm. that there would be kind of this, you know, defensive sort of response. And they've been some of the greatest fans really, because they've read the book and it's given them a language to speak to their adult children um, about. They now get where they're coming from and it's enabled communication that's been fabulous. And I've heard that numerous times. Well, and that that communication piece in relationships may have even led to the divorce. So that's, that's something that, you know, People, we're not good at communicating as much talking as we do. Uh, we're not always the best at communicating. And some of that may come from just not knowing enough about ourselves, our emotions, how to translate what we're thinking and put it out there. But uh, I like that there's a tool for that um, to communicate between uh, divorced parents and their kids and understanding mm-hmm. more. Where, where can people get that book? Is it just an Amazon or is there more places than that to get your book? It's available uh, at our website, Hope for the number four, acd.com. And it, the audiobook and the ebook are available on Amazon, but the book is available there as well. Well, and I want to uh, give you an opportunity to talk about your ministry because uh, we've alluded to it throughout the, the last 20 minutes or so. But um, can you give us a rundown of, you said, um, how, how it started, uh, but what it is doing today and, and maybe what, what, what do you have planned for the next five to 10 years with it? Yeah, uh, basically the ministry, I like to say that the website is not the Kent Darcy show. 
what I do is I gather resources, uh, Christian and secular. Um, uh, there's some very good secular books out there that deal with these issues for adults with divorced parents. And I kind of consider myself a brokerage house where if your parents are divorced or you're thinking about divorce, because unfortunately a lot of adults with divorced parents divorce. So if they're thinking about it, they can go to the website and they're going to find blogs and podcasts and resources and all sorts of uh, helps that can enable them to get the information they need to learn what's really going on, not what we think is going on. And ideally bring the Lord into it, pray intelligently and specifically so they can bring healing to their relationships. Well, we love asking the hard questions on here. And one of them is, I think, I think we'll have listeners that will kind of shut down when they hear the word secular. Um, Mm -hmm. and while I am someone who thinks that there is a wide range of, you know, uh, resources available, both secular and within the Christian community, can you talk to our listeners directly about why you pull in those secular, uh, resources and maybe one of your favorites, uh, and, and why it's helpful? Um, really good question. And on the website, I have little stars, little asterisks by the books that are secular because I realized that from the Christian community, sometimes we're sensitive to that. But with this area that we're dealing with, there just aren't hardly any Christian books out there that deal with adults uh, with divorced parents. Uh, One of the books I recommend uh, is called The Long Way Home uh, by Gary Newman, uh, which is a book for adults with divorced parents. Now, it's four steps to dealing with um, adult adult children and divorce issues. And one of the things I will say is that the first three steps are amazing. They really get you in. If you're really serious about digging in, my book is a book that basically introduces us to the issues. It's not meant to be a book that digs down and gets down and dirty in this. It basically says, okay, what are the issues that you may be dealing with? If you're serious about getting into it, Gary Newman's book, which is a secular book, is an excellent book. But his fourth step like when I recommend it, when I've done it in the blogs and the podcast, his fourth step, I don't really think you can do without having a Christian foundation because in order to forgive, in order to have that bar of forgiveness, you have to have a bar that is so high that you can't say, well, that doesn't really apply to me. And when you have the bar of Jesus Christ dying for us on the, on the cross to forgive our sins, anything our parents have done, anything our exes have done, we have to forgive it because if that's the standard, everything that we would say, eh, maybe that's a loophole, falls short of that. So, you know, even with that book, I say, you know, the first three steps, excellent. The fourth step, you really need to have the Bible. The other book that came out even just a year ago is called uh, Home Will Never Be the Same Again. And it's a guide for adult children of gray divorce. There is no Christian book that's dealing with this. And this is a very, very good book. And I believe as Christians that we can read this material that is very, very good material, but filter it through the lens of capital T truth that enables us to have the best of both. I love that. And and that's a great way. Hearing you say there are no Christian resources for gray divorce, it sounds like uh, I need to ask you, when is, when is your book coming out on it? Uh, (laughs) <laughs> what, what what should we yeah. expect that textbook? Uh, yeah. Well, I doubt I actually, there's a chapter in our book, choose a better path that deals with gray divorce. Um, actually the next book we're looking at is, which actually I'll be starting working on in January. I'd have a co-author for it, which I'm very excited about is gonna, the, the working title is the wedding guide 
for adults with divorced parents. And it will also deal with funerals, graduations, birth announcements, all those sort of stuff that are just a hassle when you get uh, you know, divorced parents, steps, X steps, sub steps, all the other steps together in one place. It can be very, very challenging. Uh, weddings, there are listeners right now who when they got married, the first time their parents got together in the same room was at the rehearsal dinner. I've talked with a number of people and I've actually talked with people said, well, this is the next book that they're going to be working on. And I, I almost always hear, okay, if you can cleanse out the names and protect the innocent all with the names, have I got a story for you? <laughs> I hear that over and over and over again. It is a huge issue. And funerals, uh, I was at a funeral where um, the deceased, there was divorce in the mix, and it was a younger person that got divorced or got that was deceased. And they had the time where, you know, uh, would you like to say anything for the deceased? And the mic was passing around and a gentleman stood up and said nothing inflammatory or whatever. And the the person who was related to the person who had passed was sitting on the front row on the aisle, stood up, this is the middle of the service, stood up and stormed out. And we're all kind of going, okay. And then the wife got up and went out after him. And we're all kind of going, okay. Well, there were dynamics there that really should have been covered prior to that funeral. Mm. Um, whenever there's a marriage, if you're doing premarital counseling, which actually was supposed to be my first book, by the way, I was going to write a book called The Premarital Counseling Guide for Adults with Divorced Parents. Because if you don't deal with those issues, you're launching the marriage sideways. If one of your parents has had an affair, you're bringing trust issues down the aisle with you. You know, it, it, And if we don't deal with those issues initially, there's a problem. But funerals are the same way. If we're not dealing with the hurt and the anger and and all how, is there a remarriage you know all these sort of issues we come into the funeral wounded and we don't really deal with it in an effective way but marriages are the same way uh who get who stands in the pictures mm-hmm. <laughs> do does the dad and the mom stand in the picture oh yeah where do they sit at the reception you know and this is for those who are listening who are from intact families it's not a big deal but it is a huge deal for us. I like to, one of the stories I like to tell, we have time for a quick oh, story. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. One of the stories I like to tell, you know, for people who are from intact families is I used to lead worship at a church and uh, my family would, my sister from the West coast would come in and when she would, we're in Michigan, when she would come in, everybody would come. So I would have my mom, I'd have my dad, I'd have my stepmom, And it, it was just a real interesting mix. We're at church one morning and I would go early to prepare for worship and we would sit in the front pew facing the platform. My family comes in while I'm facing the platform. I go up onto the platform, I turn around, and this is what I see. They're filling almost an entire pew. I've got my dad, my stepmom, my wife, my sister from the, my, from the West Coast, my other sister who lives with my mom, and my mom is on the other side of the pew. Now, when I'm done with worship, who do I sit next to? Yeah. Do I, I'm not going to climb over to get to the center. Do I sit on this side? Now, for those from intact families, that's not a big deal. You, you sit next, chances are your parents are sitting next to each other. But for us, and at this point, I was 50 years old and I teach this stuff. And still it is like, okay, who do I sit next to? 
So when you get to a wedding or a funeral or whatever, these issues are huge issues, which we'll be dealing with in the next book. Yeah, and it's almost like you're choosing your fallout, like it's a, a choose your own story book that you never wanted to read. And you now have to yeah. uh, pick, OK, am I going to upset who's going to be the least upset by who I sit by? Um, exactly. And what happens is it leads to the other issues we we're talking about, anger, irritation, trust issues, fears, all this stuff. So when the family leaves, I'm now irritated, I'm now angry, and my spouse has to deal with that or coming up to it. I'm now getting more ir- agitated. I'm more, ir- and, and if we're a guy, she'll say, you know, well, how are you? Do- I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. And in reality, I'm getting increasingly worked up because I have to deal with all this craziness over the holiday, which causes me to hate the holiday mm. of my savior's birth. Sure. How weird is that? Well, yeah. And that smallest right. part of your brain, the amygdala is just on overdrive of, I want to yeah. run away. I want to run away because I can't control this. Uh, yes. Wow. Yeah. And the last chapter in the book, Choose a Better Path, is boundaries. And when I do a full day workshop, I do an entire session. The last one is on boundaries. How do we deal with this? Because we can have the power going into these situations to control to some extent what's going to happen, what people are going to say, and what behavior we're going to accept as acceptable behavior. Well, it, and if you if you if you haven't uh, figured out yet, go to the show notes, uh, click on uh, the the website, go over there, find the book. But uh, Kent, before we go, I want to. We've talked about the holidays. We've talked about how hard they can be, um, mm-hmm. and how being a child of divorce at any age can be hard. Um, yes. But I'd like to give you an opportunity. Just final thoughts here. If you'd like to leave the listener with something going into the holiday season. Um, on this topic, what would that be from from Kent? Well, uh, the final thing I would like to say is that learn what's really going on. Don't drink the Kool-Aid of it's not a big deal, I'm okay, because it most likely isn't. There are issues going on that need to be addressed, and I would encourage you to get the resources to see that. The second thing is, remember who is in charge, God. God is the great healer. God is the father of the fatherless. God is the helper of the weak. So we have ultimate resources to deal with these issues. But I guess what I want to kind of do is, is kind of divide it up a little bit and just say, you know, if you're if you're out there and your parents are divorced, um, first of all, it's not a coincidence you're listening to this. Um, it is a God incidence. And I would encourage you to really take what we've talked about to heart. If you're divorced, first of all, <laughs> Again, not throwing stones, not whatever. And and sometimes I'll do a presentation and they'll go, oh my goodness, I this is what I caused to my parents or this is what it caused to my kids. You know what? This is the day the Lord has made. Yeah. You didn't know before this. Now what we do is we come with a humble heart, we learn what's going on and we communicate in an effective way and we work on reconciliation with, with what Jesus is doing. Um, and if your parents aren't divorced and you're listening to this kind of going, huh, Anytime you go to a store this time of year and you say, what are you doing for Christmas? And the person goes, they've got divorced parents. (laughs) You know, you know, right out of the box, they've got to go here and then they got to go there. Also, I would encourage you also to learn about this because your coworkers, people on your family tree, your friends, people at church, they're going through this and give them the tools and the understanding to know that they can overcome this issue, break the cycle of divorce and live a healthy relationship. You know, the four in our hope for adult children of divorce, 
is having achieving healthy relationships with God, ourself, our spouse, and with others. That's the four things, and that's the goal that we want every one of our listeners to have to achieve. I love it, uh, and, and I'm sure there's people listening that this is a moment for them um, which they'll have some choices to make. Am I going to address some issues or am I going to continue some cycles based on what they've heard? Um, I love that you're a resource for that. Um, and, and Kent, thank you for what you do. Uh, thank you for your ministry. Thank you for writing literature for this. Uh, I hope I see that book in the future on, on gray, oh, yeah. gray divorce. Um, but yeah. thank you for coming on Gray Story Podcast and sharing your heart, your story, and uh, your ministry with us today. Nate, I really appreciate the opportunity. This is not a popular topic. Um, I, in, you know, they say what politics and religion or whatever you don't yes. talk about, add divorce and that the divorce may have had a negative impact on the kids. Nobody wants to talk about that. So I so appreciate Grace Story allowing me the opportunity to just share this critical message. Absolutely. Thank you again. God bless. Take care. I am so glad that we had Kent Darcy on to talk about this important topic. I feel like it's one that we just kind of move past. It's uncomfortable. We don't talk about it. Uh, but that's what we like to do here at Grace Story Podcast. We like to have intelligent, hard conversations uh, instead of just sweeping things under the rug or moving them into the shadows or you know just relegating these hard issues to to the hiding spots uh, let's talk about them let's figure it out uh, and and doing that with the tools we learn uh, in in the podcast and with our counselors and through Ryan and the different uh, speakers at conference using those tools to deal with the big emotions that come along with these hard conversations. If you haven't already, head on over to Facebook and join in with others on Giving Tuesday on the Grace Story Ministries page, or you can text 44321, just text Grace Story, all one word, to 44321, and that's a great way to be a part of this ministry and make an impact for others and yourself on the journey of restoration. All right, we'll be back in two weeks. Uh, our guest in two weeks is Byron Keller. He's a licensed therapist from out in Washington, the state of Washington, and he's going to be walking us through the importance of our story, understanding our story, and with that understanding kind of how that impacts uh, our, our experience through this pandemic. Uh, I know you won't want to miss that. Uh, until then, I hope you'll continue on your journey of restoration. There is no us without you. So come back in two weeks and we'll be praying for you until then. Uh, we'll see you next time.